0: This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Englington in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com That's what it sounded like Monday in the hallway of the Schneider Children's Hospital in Petach Tikva, as Ofri, Uriel, and Yuval Brodich got a surprise visit from their beloved dog, Rodney. The trio tumbled at the floor, hugging and kissing their pet. I think it's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. And you might have heard 10-year-old Ofri calling the dog Sweetie in Hebrew, Hamoudi. The hospital released the heartwarming video of the pet therapy session, The day after, the three Broditch kids and their mother, Hagar, were released from captivity at the hands of Hamas. 51 days, and they were reunited with her husband and their father, Avichai. Now, many of our listeners may know the Broditch family story because the oldest child, Ofri, attended Camp Gesher this summer, a Jewish overnight camp in Ontario. And we've had her uncle, Aaron Broditch, on. He's an Israeli-Canadian scientist who lives in Toronto, and he's been advocating for the Canadian government to do more to help free his family and all the 240 hostages. Aaron Brodich returned to Israel just before his brother got the call that the family was on the list of hostages that were about to be released, and he was there at the hospital for the reunion.
1: They had lost a lot of weight. They were still, you know, they hadn't showered. They did not look good. It was it was very first moment. Just seeing them was, was
0: hard. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, November the 29th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. When the Brodich family's kibbutz Aza home was attacked early on October 7th, Ofri, the oldest child, was about to celebrate her 10th birthday. We knew her birthday cake remained in the fridge, untouched. Her father, Avichai, threw on his uniform as part of the Home Guard and was shot trying to defend the community from the terrorists. Her mother, Hagar, and all three kids were dragged out of their home and taken across the border into Gaza. Later that day, back here in Canada, Aaron Brodich learned the terrifying details in a phone call from his distraught brother Avichai, who soon launched a one-man protest outside the Israeli Defense Ministry to get Israel to make rescuing the hostages a priority rather than wiping out Hamas first. The effort sparked a worldwide campaign to get the hostages freed, including here in Canada where Aaron Brodich and others visited with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and spoke to large crowds at events in Toronto and Ottawa and Montreal. While other hostages who've been freed have been revealing details about what their captivity was like, including forcing them to watch horrific videos of the terror attacks and eating just one meal a day of rice and bread, Aaron Brodich won't get into specifics for security reasons of what his relatives endured. But he joins us from Israel just before heading back home to Canada to describe the events leading up to their release, how everybody looks, and what will happen to them now. Well, it's an honor to meet you and to speak with you, mazal tov, and thank God that you're coming home with, with great news. Um, tell me exactly uh, when did you get to Israel? How long have you been there?
1: Yeah, so this was uh, my second visit since August 7. Uh, I got here, I was here for a little over two weeks, then went with my brother to Washington DC to meet the Qatari ambassador, came back to uh, Canada, I uh, went to Ottawa and in Toronto met a bunch of people uh, you know, including the Prime Minister. Um, then last Sunday my mom texted me and she said can you come back? And so I came uh, Came back and my plan was to stay here until they got back. Um, but you, you, when you buy two, two-way two tickets, you put a date on it and the date that went on is November 29th. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I didn't need to change tickets, so, uh, yeah, very, very happy.
0: Was there sort of um, a procedure? Maybe you can tell Alyssa about what the procedure is for these hostage families.
1: Yeah, when I got here, there wasn't a deal. There was nothing. Um, I got here and we were brainstorming. When are we going to escalate the demonstrations? and the protests were we doing. And a day later, we heard a rumor that something's happening and we should hold off, not, you know, want to ruin anything. That day we spent in Bnebor, uh, going to many of the top rabbis in, in Israel. And, uh, we, we met some, uh, you know, pretty incredible people. They were very, very supportive and absolutely amazing. And two days later, we, we knew that there was a deal going on and then we just helped like, and so initially they said, there's a deal. They're going to announce names and plans kind of changed. We, we heard everything mostly from the media. Although my brother did have a person communicating with him regularly and she's an absolutely incredible, incredible person. Walking through this journey, and so the details were kind of, you know, bouncing around. It got delayed by a day for some technical reasons.
0: Your family's actual release, or, or the whole host-
1: entire deal. So, so we're still talking
0: deal. last week. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then on the day they released the first batch, what they did was they called everyone, um, to tell you if you, you are on the list and or if you're not. My brother received the phone call. You know, the person on the other hand, on the other end had to deliver, you know, not good news. I don't want to say bad news because, uh, you know, it was still hope for the next days. Same thing happened on the second day. On the first day, we were, you know, kind of shocked. Everyone was expecting their name to be called up. Although, obviously, only, you know, less than a quarter of the people with children uh, were going to have their names announced. Second day was again, you know, you're not on the list. Third, every day it got longer. And then the third day there was a delay and there were issues, uh, but then at 2 a.m. my brother got a phone call and even before in person, on the other end started talking, he, George he knew he, he had been contacting her for long and he just from by the tone, of her voice immediately he knew. And so that day, extremely exciting, uh, we, we went together to to his house or his old house to get stuff uh, so that the kids have like their pajamas and thing. we we also went through his entire day fighting and saw the place where he got injured and then we got to the hospital we waited in the hospital for a few hours because there were issues with the release that i'm not actually sure what the issues were we weren't like looking at media we were mostly in you know, you know, try to pass time in a, in a different way. We decided that we'll kind of wait in a different room, the family, and just let my brother meet his uh, wife and kids first. I'm sure that was, I mean, I know it was like extremely emotional and very exciting. And then we, we came in and yeah, it was just good to see it.
0: What hospital is that?
1: Um, so it's Schneider, uh, it's children's hospital, um, and they have a new wing that they just built, and uh, they're using that. They have uh, amazing doctors, including quite a few that have done their internships or specializations at SickKids, and also people I knew from Toronto from their time. Pretty pretty incredible facility, they're taking good care of everyone.
0: Let me take everyone. you back to the hospital. You were in another room. Was Who else was with you waiting? Your mom? Your dad? Who was there?
1: My, my mom. Um, And uh, my brother's wife's parents, so my brother's in law. Their
0: in laws, yeah.
1: And and uh, her uh, brothers and sister.
0: What are you allowed to bring with you for the kids? Uh, They're sort of like a. Can you bring schnitzel, like or had had, or other things? Uh, We were able to,
1: but we they kind of told us, look, don't don't bring any food because we want to control what they eat just in case they're just for medical reasons. And so we didn't.
0: And what did you see when you saw them? Describe your, your memories of first seeing them when after your brother went in and you were able to go.
1: You know, they were functioning. They were, they were talking, you know. They could tell us about their experience um, that day, and they could tell about experiences before. We were very worried that they might be in shock or, you know, behaving strangely they weren't you know they obviously their situation they didn't look great and they're traumatized but you know they're functioning
0: were yeah. they together the it's, whole it's, time were you able to, to we that they were that three of them were together and with was it with the little girl that was there they saved too or what
1: so so the family uh so my brother's three kids and he, and their mom were together i'm i'm not allowed to talk about other other details uh, for security reasons, um, but I can I can confirm it. They were together.
0: Nobody was wounded. They're all the any, uh, You they're said all they look physically okay. Physically okay. So what happens they, to them now? Like you said, there's a reunion, and now they're in the hospital. What the What's the next steps for medical treatment and follow up? Where 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 does that? How does that look?
1: So they they were checked by good doctors, the best doctors. They're having. Uh, you know very careful, everyone's very careful, but they're they're okay physically. Um they're going to be released as soon as they want to. Uh now it's it's not about the, the it is a hospital, but it's also like a safe environment for them, uh socially and psychologically. And so they have to decide when they leave and where they're going to. At this point they don't have to you know they're refugees in in their own country they're or displaced and, you know, they certainly for the next, let's say little while they they have quite a few choices on, on what they're going to do next. Um, longer term, it's, I don't know when there hasn't been decision, on other kibbutz. you know, what the kibbutz is going to do. Certainly if they decide to go back to the kibbutz, that's going to be a very long process because right, right. now it's destroyed.
0: Hey, so, you said that you were able to go back to Faraza with him to. I thought it was off limits, that whole area, uh, right now.
1: So, it is mostly off limits, but because he's a resident, we were still able to go in to his house.
0: Is the house. It's to, not an exit, Is there any though. way that they're going to be able to salvage it and live there? No.
1: So, their house is actually completely intact. There's a few bullet holes from the Israeli soldiers that came in to, you know, to sort of clear the house. But, you know, what happened is we. The Hamas people just came in and just took his wife and his kids. They didn't touch anything. They stole a couple of valuables, but because his 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 safe was open, like what? Oh, just some jewelry, nothing, nothing serious. But um, the rest of the house was fine. Uh, his house was somehow miraculously, you know, wasn't pillaged. Uh,
0: and you went with him. How was that seeing it for you? Because uh...
1: Uh, for me, it was it was a shock. I mean, the room they stayed in seeing that and then seeing Falaza, his house was very flashy. uh, Other houses, you know, quite a few were burnt down. And you know the stories, you know, that you know the neighbor on that side had been murdered, and the neighbor on the other side had been murdered, and that other place people were, you know, there's lots of story. Um in his story, he left his house uh that night, that morning, sorry, to is uh he's part of the Kitat konut which is like the local how to describe it home
0: guard like local, on guard. home yeah, guard
1: yeah it's like the local home guard um they're supposed to defend for about 20 minutes before the military arrives and usually they're supposed to defend against you know a couple of people but just before he went out Abigail the the neighbor's daughter came knocking at their door she was full of blood she saw him, she got scared, she ran away because he was in uniform and carrying a, a vest. Um, but he grabbed her to grain and you know, she's now back with, with the family. She came back with the same group of hostages. Um, and then he went to fight. He didn't have a, a weapon, The we- all the weapons are in armory. So he ran to the armory um, where he met the other people uh, from from the guard and you know, a battle, big battle he, he described every piece of that battle. They fought very bravely. Most of them died. Four people died basically instantly um, next to him. But they're trained to you know, defend. And they were shocked by just the amount of... It, it just turned into complete chaos because they were not trained for something like that.
0: When um, you say the word, when you say, for our listeners, Abigail is the same girl that turned four. Our listeners should know that the Americans, uh, she was... A- the American girl, American Israeli girl, and has sort of become the face for America of the hostages. Um, and so she yeah. was, I just so our listeners know, we know, but just in case they didn't know. she
1: Yeah. Was. Yeah. And you know, both of her parents were murdered. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was terrible.
0: Are they going to stay with your mom at the, for the, if that's like temporarily now, or does the government give them like a place for a while?
1: yeah the government will give them something um they can stay with my family if they want they're they're still undecided.
0: What did you say to them when you first met them? if you can remember I, I just
1: I didn't need to say anything i just I just sent them uh yeah, it was just uh, so emotional yeah you know, i I just hugged them and a who oh, she was in trial was just so so good to see her. Um, One of the first things I asked her is, what do you want to do now? And uh, she said, I'm for going to Toronto."
0: Do they know, are they aware of what the world and their father and you and your wife and the Canadians did to keep their story on the front burner? Or do they not yet know?
1: Now they know, yeah. Yeah, so now they know, uh, you know, specifically about Kemp I told Shui. Um, yeah I showed her some some photos and some videos. Um, you know, uh, and they you know we're slowly showing them there's a lot of stuff going with that. Uh, and so they're they're slowly getting to see a lot of it. you know for my brother. Uh, yeah. also for me, but you know to a much larger extent for my brother, uh, you know, not being able to share those experiences with his wife um, was you know, so hard. you're you're going through this incredibly tough journey and you're meeting prime ministers presidents and you know people like that and taking photos with them and you actually like send them to your wife. And you know for me, it was like I can I'm taking like photos of my brother in his suit, which like has never happened in the history. Uh, and I can't send them to his wife. <laughs> so uh, it's nice to finally to be able to share those. Uh,
0: so you left Canada. Um, you're coming back now, but there are other hostages still. Uh, is your journey done for now? What, what's your plan?
1: 100% uh, the journey is not, not done. It's become less personal, but it, we can't be, even even on the day, and they will receive the phone call. You can't be completely happy. You can't, you know. You always know that, you know, if if it's your family, it's other people who are not getting that phone call, or, the, or getting the opposite phone call that day. And there are people who knew that they're not going to be, you know, their family is not going to be released. You know, the men, uh, the soldiers. You know, we have to continue fighting. It's. They're not an the amusement park. It's not a hotel. It is very tough. We have to get them out of there as soon as possible. You know, Fight is you know definitely not over. And we're we're already on it. My father and Hagala's founder, you know, on media all the time, uh, repeating the message. And you know, we're we're just gonna continue.
0: Tell me how your parents' health has been impacted by this stress since October seventh. Well,
1: I mean, our, our story begins very hard because we thought everyone had died. My mom, she like, collapsed completely. My, my father has just emotionally; it's been extremely hard. But then we started fighting, and we have just been so focused on the fight. Um, but it's been draining, and you know, everyone's health has to be reassessed, and especially you know, my parents were older. You know, they. <laughs> It has not been good. But now, you know, the change is immediate. Even from like when they signed, when they said we signed a deal and, you know, most of the children are going to be released. It was the first night, with the first full night's sleep, you know, in two months. So hopefully we're, we're all going to be better now. Maybe um, we go oh,
0: back to, sorry, is our been going back to Gesher next summer or we don't know yet?
1: I hope so. She said uh, she she's glad to go. Yeah,
0: and that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily episode number 472 sponsored by Metropia integrity, community, quality and customer care thanks for listening to the CJN Daily and don't forget Giving Tuesday was yesterday but we accept your contributions anytime go to the cjn.ca backslash donate the link is also in our show notes The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.